This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Welcome to the Dave Leary Show. Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by Freedom's Path Recovery Society in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Thank you for tuning in. Please remember that these opinions that are shared are those of the individuals and not of any agency, organization, or other entity, unless otherwise specified. Also, if you're a minor, please check with your parent and or guardian as you need to have permission to listen to these podcasts. We will potentially talk about violent subject matter, sexual content, and difficulties human beings face on their day-to-day lives in recovery. We're talking to my friend Crystal, and there's like so much about you that I don't know, but am super interested about like and one of the things is and i know you'll probably talk about it um obviously your story like your your whole story however you want to tell us that's really what what i'm hoping for i think because um there's a lot of stuff going on for you that is pretty incredible right yeah big big life things yeah yeah so you take it away and tell us tell us about yourself All right. Well, my name is Crystal. I'm 36 years old. I'm going to be taking seven years in recovery in January. Congrats. Which is pretty awesome. I'm really proud of myself. And a little bit about my story. Um, I believe I was born an alcoholic. Um, Alcoholism runs in my family pretty rampant. Um, My very first bottom was when I was 14. I remember it really good and you know begging my mom to get me help which she didn't but that's that doesn't really matter um and what brought me into AA I was working up north as a heavy equipment operator drinking and smoking and living a whole different lifestyle and my dad got sick Mm. and um a couple months prior to him getting sick I I'd hit a really significant bottom on my 30th birthday and um, so I had had about two months sober when my dad was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And I called him and told him I just wanted to get drunk with him one more time because I did drink quite a bit mm-hmm. with him. And he told me not to. Um, he said that I had two months of recovery and that I should keep it because my dad was also a member of AA. Mm-hmm. And he died right before I was about to take six months. Mm. And I stayed sober. And I get to honor him every day. And I got to be present for him while he was dying Mm. every single day. You know, I don't have any regrets. I don't have any, you know, guilty Mm. feelings about that. And yeah, and here I am. Good for you. Yeah. That would have been hard. Yeah, it was really hard. And that's one thing I do know about you is that you you really do honor your dad. Mm Mm-hmm you know, quite regularly. And it's nice to see, to be honest. When I even get to honor him in the job, like the profession that I've chosen, mm-hmm. um, he was the one who told me that I should go back to school and become a healthcare aide. I was mm-hmm. with him like every single day at the hospice. And 
here I am four years, five years later, um, working in hospice. And now I'm a student to become a funeral director and embalmer. So I'm kind of taking it one step further. Wow. Yeah. Cool. So you work at a hospice now? Yes. Okay. And so how long have you been doing that work? I've been at this hospice for four years, but I've been doing it for five. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And what, and like, tell, tell me about that. Like, what's it like working at a hospice? It's hard. You know, you're dealing with a lot of people's emotions and suffering and family dynamics and all of that. And, you know, I just try and remind myself if I have um, people that are difficult, that they're sick mm-hmm. and it's not them. And it's kind of like the same in AA, you yeah. know, their people are sick. Yeah. You know. Does that help, like learning that through AA, like experiencing that and then taking that to the hospice? Does it help? Absolutely. Yeah. AA saved my life. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, I think like the program of AA is good for people who don't even have, like who are mm-hmm. even an alcoholic, you know, like the principles and the steps yeah. and the foundation of the book, you know, it, it teaches you how to be a better person all yeah. around. For sure it does. Yeah. Right on. So what brought you into the rooms? Like you obviously... Um, you had a life before that, before your dad got sick and, and like, what was your life like before? It was chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the end I had been calling my friend Cody's mom when I was getting home and drunk and just kind of finally hit me like, yeah, you know what? I need help. Mm-hmm. I need to do this. And she, um, offered to come to a meeting with me, which was right by my house. And we got there and it, it ended up being a closed meeting. And they told her that she had to leave. And she was like, oh, don't worry, I'll come back in an hour. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, like, I'm going to throw myself through that window. <laughs> the second she's like, I'm gone. I'm not participating yeah. in this. And she left. And it was a smaller meeting. I met maybe like 10 people there. And they all spoke directly to me. Mm-hmm. And they told me exactly what I needed to hear. And yeah. then that just kind of jumped me into... AA, I had reached out to another member who came and picked me up and took me to Ogden mm-hmm. for the very first time. And and then I was there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's a good spot, too. Yeah, I love it there. Yeah. Yeah. And so since you've been sober, um, so seven years in January, uh, what what's life been like in terms of different, like for you now that you're sober? Because, you know, what, we, I don't, we don't have to talk at all about what life was like before. It doesn't really matter because really what's important is what's now, right? Yeah. I mean, before, I mean, I was unhappy and I wasn't taking care of myself and I had dug myself into like a really, really dark hole Mm -hmm. where I could not see any light at the end of the table or or, whatever. Um, (laughs) Tunnel table. Tunnel table. Yeah. Um, I truly felt like nobody cared about me that you know, if I just died, that that would just be better for everybody. You know, that was my mission at the end was yeah. I was trying to end my own life, you know, and today, today I get to kind of stop and think about things. And anytime I'm having like a rough time, I always think like, wow, like I'm, I still don't have to drink over something like mm-hmm. that. You know, um, I've put myself through school twice. I've written off a car. I mean, any like of the little stuff that I used to drink over, yeah. it, I just don't yeah. now. I don't have to, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not pretty cool, eh? Yeah, it is really cool. Like to know like inside your heart that no matter what happens, you don't have to drink. Yeah. 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 That is really cool. 
So your your tag on Instagram is Miss Death Becomes Her, right? Yes. Okay, totally. Every time I see that, like I'm like, ooh, I love that movie. <laughs> but also, is that where you where you got the name from? Which well, my last or? name is Han, like Goldie Han. Really? Yeah. Get so that's here. where that all came from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right, Han. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot that that was Goldie Hawn, <laughs> yeah. man. Cool. Yeah. So, what kind of stuff do you do now that you're not? Obviously, you're going you're going back to school mm-hmm. again to be a funeral director. Which I work with lots of funeral directors through the years, and you, they're great. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, it's a hard job. It's a really hard job. Yeah. Like all year around is grief. Yeah, pretty like, much. Yeah. Um. I don't, I mean, working in a hospice for four years where we've got 26 beds. I mean, we've had well over a thousand deaths. Mm. Um, I don't think it's very healthy to be around that much actively dying. Mm. I mean, that's what kind of got me into the funeral directing part of it. It's like they're already deceased and now you're taking care of the Mm. families. But I mean, it's not going to be an easy ride because again, you're dealing with family dynamics and, you know. But maybe a little easier after the death has happened. Is that that's what i'm hoping yeah my goodness i can't even like hospice work is i don't know saintly kind of stuff right yeah if you're able to do it for a long time there's something definitely different about you yeah you know well i mean in that way i get to honor my dad every day i mean i treat i treat Mm -hmm. people the way that i would have expected my dad to be treated so like that constantly goes through my head Mm -hmm. and i mean and i've when i've seen people who aren't very kind to people you know, I always speak up and say, you know, like you're being rough or this and that because like, this is somebody's mom, dad, mm. sister, brother, you know. Yeah. They it, deserve respect and dignity. They do, right? Yeah. Like, and it's interesting because earlier today, a friend, um, her mom's back in the hospital and, and her mom's a friend too. And she she might not make it for much longer. And um, it's it brings things into perspective. Hey? Mm-hmm. Like, and... It was interesting because we were talking about what to do. Like, how do I, she says, how do I, what do I do when I go? I don't want to just talk about how sick she is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'll just go and let her talk. Yeah, just and, listen. And just listen and then just like make sure, because this is what I've encountered from doing lots of funerals, is just make sure you just treat her like you love her with no end, mm-hmm. right? And no end of patience, no end of, um, and don't get me wrong, obviously don't take a beating from anyone, Mm -hmm. but when you're there, it's okay. It's okay to not have the answer. It's okay because, frankly, what are you going to tell her? I find that too when people um, tell their loved one who is dying, and like if you give them permission Mm -hmm. to pass away, I've seen it happen plenty of times when then people do eventually yeah. i mean I, I said that to dad at some point i was like it's okay for you to go because mm-hmm. he was suffering at the end mm-hmm. you know yeah man i i, I want to like pick your brain about death like i really <laughs> do well because i don't get to talk to people about it because people don't like talking about it yeah i know that's the thing like nobody likes to talk about yeah. it but like you're it's gonna happen <laughs> to yeah, everybody like, so it's it's one of the most at this time in our history it's one of the most normal human things to do but yet we avoid it well and people forget you know like what a hundred years ago they were you know hanging people mm-hmm. in public like that was normal <laughs> right. you know and people took pictures with mm-hmm. deceased people and children you know yeah. like back in the you know however long ago but mm-hmm. for whatever reason it's become this scary taboo thing to talk about yeah you know do you have any thoughts on that like what what happened through the years to make it turn that way 
I don't know. Um, no. No idea. I can't really yeah. think of anything specifically. I'm trying to think like in my textbooks mm-hmm. or anything That's like that. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. Because there's such a history of death and our, our avoidance of it that it would be easy for me or for anyone to think, well, we've always just not liked it. I think, okay, maybe this is where, because I mean, like I know back in like the, the cowboy days or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like they had people who made the coffins, they had the people that did the suits. and mm-hmm. But I mean, a lot of family members took that on themselves and, you know, they dressed their deceased and they had the funerals in their homes. Mm-hmm. And I think like as the funeral profession progressed, it was just easier to let somebody else yeah. kind of deal with that, you know, like that the dressing and the in the planning and the whatever mm-hmm. you know but nowadays it's it's all about it's about money mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's it's very expensive it's not cheap to die to die yeah. it's expensive mm-hmm. what do you think about that going into the profession of funeral director and embalmer and all that obviously you have probably non-nefarious reasons for getting into the the profession and i mean obviously that's the case because mm-hmm hospice to funeral director i think is probably a natural progression yeah Um, i think so yeah to express that healthily right yeah um i haven't personally had to plan a funeral yet so i haven't had to have that uncomfortable Mm -hmm. conversations with family i'm sure the first few times it is going to make me Mm. because i mean not to make it sound like too bad but like i don't want to be like a used car salesman Mm -hmm. trying to upsell brass hinges on mm-hmm. a casket to the, some little old lady who just lost her husband yeah. you know i mean that that part will be but i am you know happy that canada is moving in a direction of like green burials and more like mm-hmm. you know better things for the environment um so i'm hoping maybe that will bring like funeral costs down because then you don't have like you're not embalmed you know mm-hmm. you're not paying for these big vaults to go into the ground yeah and stuff so and that seems like ludicrous mm-hmm. as well like to i mean to go on that route i want a viking funeral yeah i totally do <laughs> I, I always tell heather that and she's like stop talking about your funeral like you're dying tomorrow and i'm like i just want you to know what i want well the best way to make sure that you get exactly what you want at your own funeral is to write a will yep absolutely and, i mean and you can write in there like who you want to speak for you what music mm-hmm. you want and then there's no yeah you know drama or whatever when it happens like you've already laid it out yeah mine's laid out I, have, I had to do it uh, for before my first back surgery because they tell you like mine it was like 11 hours and they said you just want to get this done yeah just because that anytime you go under you can die yeah right and then i'm like hmm, okay that makes sense i yeah. had never considered it up until that point right and it's like my doctor's like, you're going to want to do well. And I'm like, oh, oh I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And then, of course, he goes, no, but there's a chance that when you go under, you can. Yeah. Right? So better to take care of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So my family has no no um, possibility of not giving me a Viking funeral because now it's in writing. It's in writing, yeah. yeah. I mean, dad it was... totally going to light me on fire, man. <laughs> dad was really simple. I mean, he didn't want a big funeral. We just had like a celebration yeah. of life. And he told me that he wanted me to spread his ashes between two mountains and a river. So I did some out in BC. Mm-hmm. And then I brought him to Ontario with me after he passed away. So he's over, he's over in there. Yeah. And then I did majority of his ashes out at Elbow Falls. Oh, I beautiful. still have a little bit. And I go out there every year yeah. on the day, yeah. Me and my dog and just go out there and hang out. Your dog's name is Squiz, right? Squ- well, it's a wizard, but I call him Squiz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So where does Squiz come from? 
actually an ex-boyfriend. Really? Yeah. Okay. Came up with that nickname. That's not pretty in, good. Not going to give him too much credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, F you, squiz guy. <laughs> yeah. Cute little doggo, though. Yeah, he's my best friend. I got him a month after my dad passed oh, away. Oh, did you? No yeah. wonder. Like, I And I always wondered about that. Hey, like, something to that dog, man. Because, like, they're very, he's very connected to you. Well, and I met him through AA. It was oh, really? a friend of mine from AA who was fostering him. And she posted a picture on Facebook. And I sent her a message and then contacted Arcs and mm-hmm. went and met him. And I wasn't too sure about his name, Wizard, because that's kind of a weird name for a dog um but the first time i met him like after i pet him and then he went to run away he's like american eskimo Mm -hmm. and papillon so he had longer hair and when he ran away it looked like a little cape (laughs) behind his bum and i was like oh i'm so keeping that name (laughs) that's so cool man yeah and he is a cute little doggo too he's like one of those little guys what kind of dog again? So they told me Papillon, Chihuahua, Papillon. American Eskimo. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I can see the Chihuahua in oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's just, yeah. he's cheeky like Chihuahuas can be. <laughs> <laughs> they are cheeky and barky. Yeah. Very barky. They are. Oh, yeah. Is he like barking? Like a leaf blows by and he's barking at really? him. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of their charm, I think. I think though, so, right? yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he's my soul pup. And again, you know, I mean, the the beautiful gifts that AAA can bring to you. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, although I don't participate in it a lot, I mean, the genuine friends that I've made mm-hmm. since then, you know, I keep in contact with them. And for me, you know, this is what's working for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something I suggest for yeah. everybody, you know, to not. You know, like in the beginning, I was going to three meetings a day, mm-hmm. you know, but that's what I needed yeah. at that time, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is just, just my journey. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, and you have to do it according to what needs you have, what what's present in your life, like what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, it felt weird, you know, mm-hmm. not going and I had a lot of guilt for it you know like why aren't i going to more meetings mm-hmm. you know this and that but it you know if, from a few friends in AA, you know who just said like this is just how it works for you right now yeah. you know and i know where the rooms are i know how to contact people you know and if i'm ever feeling mm-hmm. squirrely like i i would never drink i would obviously mm-hmm. pick up the phone yeah. first it's just not worth it i have so many amazing things in mm-hmm. the seven years of recovery yeah imagine yeah. what the next seven or however exactly maybe. yeah you know, like I've got a nice house and nice furniture and mm-hmm. a car that I got to buy all for myself, mm-hmm. you know, and those are the gifts. Did you move to a new house? Yeah, I just moved into a basement suite in Tuxedo. Okay, yeah, nice. It's beautiful. Right It's got on. all these big windows and I've got plants and stuff now. Oh, so Tuxedo, you're nearby here. Yeah, I was only like seven minutes away. That's what your message, I'm like, what's seven minutes away? I'm thinking, of course I'm thinking downtown, but it makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> I know when you saw me, I'm like, oh God. <laughs> I didn't mean to scare the shit out of well, you. Well, no, either. I'm glad that you did because it just, again, you know, you get kind of, well, and then working nights, you mm-hmm. just, I'm, and we do like my schedule is five on, five off, two on, two off. So I'm on my five oh. on right now. So yeah, I'm a little. Oh, so you're in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. Is it, are you done your five nights no. or you're still in the middle? I'm still in the middle. What time do you go to work? At 11 p.m. tonight. Get the app yeah. out. Really? Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Holy shit. I didn't realize that was the case. Yeah. But I did I did message when, when she messaged me and said, oh, crap. Like, and I, I got a bunch of, I'm like, 
well, you don't have to come. Like if if it's no, but think, too stressful. No, right? like, thankfully I was close because I just punched yeah. it into my GPS. I was like, <laughs> just brush my teeth real quick. Squiz was looking at me. I'm like, I gotta go. I'll be back. <laughs> I kind of figured you'd bring Squiz with you, but that's cool. Oh, I would have if I, I didn't even think to say something. No. So, yeah, that's on me because most people would assume you can't bring a dog in here. But, yeah. Yeah. But then again, I don't. I don't really care. He'll be fine. I'm not really a rule guy. Yeah. So, yeah. And if there's dogs involved, I probably want dogs to come. Yeah. Me too. Because I don't have a dog. So I spend as much time as I can around them. Around them. Yeah. yeah. I love them. They're so, they're, I don't know. Like Squiz has been the constant mm-hmm. thing in my life. Yeah. You know, I've cried to him. I've laughed with him, you know, mm-hmm. and he is, he is my, He's my child. I try and tell him every day. I mean, it's funny talking about death. I'm like, you need to figure out how you're going to live forever. Yeah. <laughs> you just figure it out now. <laughs> that makes sense, though. Yeah. Yeah. And I get that happen like the kid because um, Floyd's my kid and that's my cat. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I, he, he calls me dad. I mean, sort of. Yeah. You know, like when he bites me. Um, he's he like, I love you, Dad. You know, when he bites like, my ankles treats. and tries to trip me <laughs> as I'm walking. Yeah. Cats are so cheeky. Aren't they? Yeah. They're such buggers. I almost called them a bad word, but I was like, mm, I'll reserve it because he's my kid. <laughs> my little kidlet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. There's like so much. So one of the things I, want to, I wanted to ask you about was um, if you're willing to talk about it and if you're not perfectly all right. But I noticed over Thanksgiving that you, and I know that you're a vegan, mm-hmm. um, and I am proud that you're a vegan. Like, I, I'm not a vegan. I think that, it, like, we were talking about it earlier tonight, and I said, I honestly, I don't have the discipline. I don't, I want to be more responsible when it comes to what I eat and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was really cool that you went and did, um, well, you tell us about it with the turkeys. Um, if you want to tell us about it. Yeah, so we got to do a tour at um, the sanctuary that where the five liberated turkeys mm-hmm. um, that we liberated. Oh, from, you guys liberated them? Yeah, I was there. Yeah, cool. We, uh, well, I'm, did you see it on the news? I, I didn't. I don't no. watch the news unless somebody sends it to me. But Yeah, we, um, we locked down Jumbo Valley um, Turkey Farm just outside of Lethbridge. Yeah. I didn't go inside. I was on the outside and we had three demands and that was that the media um, be allowed to go inside, Mm -hmm. that nobody got arrested and that we were able to liberate five turkeys. And everything went exactly as planned, you know, like the cops, the RCMP, everybody was good. Um, The backlash of that now is not very good. Mm -hmm. What's Um, that look like? um, Or are you allowed to talk about it? Yeah. can't remember his last name but um Devin something he's like the agricultural guy um recently posted a picture at Thanksgiving with uh five cooked turkeys in front of him what an asshole yeah that was a complete jab at us and Jason Kenny's gone on about how he wants to enforce like all these crazy fines for people who are found trespassing and all oh, the guys a monster he is like, he's the canadian version of trump in yeah. my opinion um and his time is running out <laughs> yeah. i hope you hear this <laughs> so yeah we were in people that were that participated in that lockdown um were invited out to where the turkeys live mm-hmm. now and we got a tour of like the entire sanctuary it was really beautiful and uh 
having spent some time with turkeys, they mm-hmm. are beautiful, gentle, curious creatures. Mm-hmm. You know, I had two of them climb right up on my lap and they were right in my face. I saw a picture and they of that. Pet, like they wanted to be pet. And yeah. They were like dogs when we were walking up to the part that they were in because they all just came running up to the fence and like, oh, hi, hi. Really? Oh, yeah. That's so yeah. wild, man. And I had a pig too. I was petting one of the pigs and he rolled over on his back to get belly rubs. <laughs> like a dog. Yeah. Was it a big pig or? No, he, well, it's just like one of the littler yeah. guys. I got bit in the butt by a big pig. But, Did you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's just what they do. They get jealous of each other and whatnot. So you have to be kind of really aware. And try to give everyone attention. Yeah. yeah. And new people, right? Like I'm, I'm yeah. invading in their home. So. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So what other stuff have you done in terms of that, like in terms of animal rights and stuff? Because I know that's a big deal for you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I never thought, I had never, not, I did not intend on ever becoming this vegan. Um, I kind of used to make fun of vegans mm-hmm. like this, you know, that were not, that were like so, I don't want to, I don't want to say like, that I just find like I'm super passionate about it um and what i've gone to it was my very first vigil out at cargill that really jumped me into activism mm-hmm. um so what does that entail what so we go outside of cargill just outside of like it's outside of high river yeah and we try and get the truck trucks to stop for like a minute just so we can give compassionate love to the animals before they go in to get slaughtered mm-hmm. um, cargill slaughters five thousand cattle a day Whoa. That's a lot. That's a lot of cows. It's a lot of death and a lot of suffering. Yeah. In my opinion, for no reason. You know, you don't have to eat meat to survive anymore. Mm. You know, people are thriving on plant-based, Yeah. you know, food. Um, Game Changers is a huge uh, documentary that is mm-hmm. showcased on Netflix right now. And it talks about like athletes and plant-based diets and okay. some <clears throat> different tests that they have done. Mm-hmm. Um and it's really interesting. So if you get the chance. It's called Game Changers? Game Changers. Okay. Yeah. It's on Netflix. It okay. just came out. I mean, and there's other documentaries too. I mean, some of them are hard to watch, but it's it's education. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you really sit down and think about just, I mean, in Calgary alone, how much meat is produced mm-hmm. for people. It's just it's so much suffering. I've seen videos inside of slaughterhouses mm-hmm. and it is hell. Like hell is on earth. <laughs> God, it does look like that every time I see mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And it's not, and there is no humane way to kill an animal, in my opinion. Yeah. I, and I'm not sure about that, right? Like, I don't, I don't know if there is the way we do it. Definitely not. Right. But I, I think like the hunters who have been hunting and eating and using it like that, it's probably the most humane if there is a way, right? Like, yeah. I mean, like if you're hunting and it's like a one kill shot mm-hmm. and you're, you're eating all of the product, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I still don't like that, but yeah, I mean, that to me not. is a little yeah. bit more acceptable than. Yeah. Well, you know. it, it, well, there, it's just varying degrees of it, right? Like, it, it's not uh, probably not for you. It's probably not any better, and that's fair, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's for for those of us who are on like the in the middle of the road where we're like, yeah, I know that's not good. I don't want to do that, right? So we make changes about where we get our meat from and how we go about that. You know, and that's fair, right? But that's not enough, obviously, no. in terms of um, expectations of some 
people, right? Which is fair, totally fair, because when people are passionate about it, when I'm passionate about something, I want people to hear me. Mm -hmm. And I want people to potentially, if I'm in some environment like that, I want people to maybe change their opinion a little Mm -hmm. bit or even change their habits more so than their opinion, right? Yeah, I mean, for me, that very first vigil that I went to and when one of the trucks stopped in front of me and I made eye contact, you know, with one of the cattle that was Mm -hmm. inside, the game changer for me you know yeah. i cried and <sighs> just because they don't want to die you know like yeah. imagine being born with an expiry date already yeah you know oh man and i mean as far as like activism goes like going to vigils like that um we recently did a civil disobedience in a couple grocery stores just mm-hmm. to re- we did it right before thanksgiving to remind people that there are alternatives <laughs> so when you, when you do that with a grocery store what's the civil disobedient part like what does that entail so we go in um and the organizer she had like a speech laid out in mm-hmm. a megaphone so we just went in there with some signs and we had a big um, banner that said end speciesism mm-hmm. and she just got on the megaphone and you know attention everybody you know like we have a message for you um it was not shameful we're not pointing fingers or you know just more of like education Mm -hmm. it's completely legal as long as when security asks you to leave that you leave yeah so that's fair yeah Yeah. well good for you yeah good for you guys like don't stop no yeah like we won't we won't stop until every cage is empty good because you know what like it 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 takes people like in, in my experience with specifically with these conversations i mean it's been very limited experience like only over a year right but what's happened is the education that people provide makes changes Mm -hmm. like it might be incremental for some people but it might be dramatic for other people right yeah i mean in the videos i mean i know i do post um, a lot of videos on my facebook and i have a separate instagram page for Mm. my activism and yeah they're hard to watch but if you're not watching them for a reason, like it's just because you can't see it, then you're mm-hmm. turning a blind eye. You know, mm-hmm. like you're you're condoning that kind of behavior. Yeah. You know, like the dairy industry is horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, like the those moms are forcibly impregnated, and as soon as their calves are born, they take them away from them, so mm-hmm. they produce milk. I mean, it's just a. Uh, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it shouldn't be like that. You know, cows can live up to 20 to 25 years and we're killing them at four. I just never even considered that one, man. I never considered the dairy cows. eh? Like it's always the slaughterhouses that we think about and Mm -hmm. um, that's on the forefront. But I didn't even know that that was a thing that they, but it makes sense, right? Like you, you, to get the milk going, you have to have a baby. You have to be pregnant. Yeah. And And they take those babies away from them like minutes after they're born and they're either killed for veal or just gone like and they put them in those little tiny veal crates and that is their life and, and they still do that with the veal hay oh yeah 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 and they make them go out and like minor like there's no safety or not i guess safety like there's no shelter for them you know they're out there in the elements so you're they're being born and they've got like the whatever like the slime and mm-hmm. stuff on them and then they're thrown into these little tiny plastic things out in minus 30 weather what do you think? Like that, that baby needs its mom. Mm. Well, the baby definitely needs more than that. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. You know, and even with the like the pigs that are killed, they're babies. Mm-hmm. They're five to six months old. Like so, when you eat bacon, you're eating a baby. Shut the fuck up. I'm serious. Mm. All of them are all babies. <laughs> you know, and the dairy cows. Um, I didn't know that either, man. Yeah. 
I'm about to start crying, so you just keep talking. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind being educated and having yeah. my opinions changed. I mean, yeah. the dairy cows, um, when they are expired, when they're not mm-hmm. producing milk anymore, you know, they're sent off to slaughter. It's just, they're not mm-hmm. looked at. They are someone's, not something. Mm-hmm. You know, they're here for us mm-hmm. or here with us, not for us. Yeah. That's not according to us, though. No. <laughs> according to us, or I can't reach that napkin without taking my mic off. I'm just going to grab a napkin there if you don't mind. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it's so strange, hey? And as I think as, um, I, I don't know about other people, but as I get older, I just start to realize more and more that the things that I was taught were here for me are mm-hmm. not here for me. No. They're, they're here for reasons far beyond me, right? And um, to think that I could ever understand why another species of of animal on this planet is here is absurd and then to make it my own well to think just, that we're greater than them yeah that's where i'm getting at right, right? is that i i just um, i don't know where we went wrong years like a long time ago when we went wrong to think that everybody was here for our benefit well i think like as the population grew, you know, and the demand got more, mm-hmm. you know, like you, it's a supply and demand, right? Yep. So, you know, they start producing more and they're, you know, yeah. That aspect makes sense, right? Like mm-hmm. I get it. The population grows. We have to figure out ways to create more food, right? We have to, and we're going to do that. That's mm-hmm. what humans do. We adapt. And as things get out of control, we adapt. I, I guess where I'm getting at is, we need to start adapting to new information, but we need to adapt to, right? Well, the world is dying. Oh, yeah. It's dying right now. You yeah. know, animal agriculture is killing this planet. Mm-hmm. Um, all the grains and wheat and all that kind of jazz that they feed animals, mm-hmm. to, to feed animals, to feed people, we wouldn't have starvation mm-hmm. in the world, you know, if we planned things, you know, and tried to do better, yeah. you know. Um, well, I understand cows can't even process grain and stuff like that. I think it's like soy. They're grass. Yeah, they're supposed to be just eating grass, but they get like fed wheat and, and and they want them to get fat yeah. so that they can be the fat. bigger, right? Yeah, they want it faster, right? So that. Oh, yeah. I mean, like for instance, in that turkey farm, like like I said, I I didn't go inside, but I mean, we were watching live footage mm-hmm. when we were outside, and. Those God, turkeys so cool. are grown so fast, like mm-hmm. they get, their legs are breaking, like underneath them. And same with boiler chickens, really? you know, like they pump them so full, um, you know. And then there was her name is Sheila Gunn. She works for the Rebel. Um, reports fake news all the time. <laughs> Apparently, Darcy knows her. <laughs> she is something else. Um, Oh, yeah, I got a picture of her um, when Greta was here in Edmonton yesterday, and she's, like, hiding around a pole. I tweeted it. I was like, why are you hiding from a 16-year-old, Yeah, <laughs> Sheila? Um, <laughs> so what is this? What What is the Rebel? Rebel what? News, Oh, yeah. it's Rebel News? Is it, like, online? or Rebel Media. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and she went on, you know, like, calling us terrorists and this and that. And Good. And she had gone back out and interviewed those farmers, and they were mm. talking about how they treated them like family and there's no antibiotics. Well, we had vets who took blood from the five turkeys that we liberated, and there are antibiotics in it, so yeah. it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, and saying that they treat them like family. I have video footage of that farmer going in the barns before the media was allowed in there, but people were live streaming it and he took live chickens out and he incinerated them live. That's how you treat your children. I think society I has fucking say about that. Society has brainwashed people to think that, you know, they're a family run farm and they kiss their cows and they do this, but it's so mass produced. I mean, like those pigs that are being stunned, um, that doesn't work all the time. Mm. And sometimes they're putting in, they put them into that boiling water so they can get the fur and all that. And they're still alive. Like that is no. their life. No way. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Yeah, it's sad. And we've normalized that. Society has normalized that. Yeah, we surely have. I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah, it's tough. Mm. It's completely changed my life as far as... I could see why. Yeah. I could see why. Because like, you can only see that shit so off, so many times before you just stop doing it, right? Like, well, and that's just it. You know, like people think that, you know, being an activist is extreme and, you know, this and that. And like, I don't want to see that kind of stuff. Mm. Nobody should have to see that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. That's why it needs to stop. Yeah. You know, um, like I said, again, like you don't need to eat meat to survive, mm -hmm. you know, like there are so many plant-based options out there now and they're yummy and, mm -hmm. Well, they're know, getting yummier too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big time. You know, it's not even like it was 10, 15 years ago. Not even close. You know? When you, yeah. 10 years ago, if you wanted something vegetarian, it was cardboard basically. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. But now you're right. Things have changed. They have whole sections of food, like all kinds of stuff now. Yeah, and I don't want my stomach to be a graveyard. Oh, fuck. You should have said that. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Yeah, fair enough. All right. All right, Tommy, we're going to have to have a talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't mean to, like, freak you guys out no. or anything. You know, you can just, freak us out. It's okay. You know, what yeah. I bore witness to. Mm -hmm. Like, it's hard. This is one of the reasons why I want to talk to you, right? Because I know it's hard. Like doing yeah. any kind of activism is hard. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be out on a limb. You're going to be seeing shit you don't want to see. But you're seeing it for the reason of trying to stop it. Yeah. Right? So, and even though I'm not a vegan or a vegetarian, I still, I applaud you. And I'm mm -hmm. glad that you're doing it. Yeah. Because you know what? If, it, if you weren't doing it, I would never have changed my thinking to a point where I realized I didn't need meat every day. That's the first start for me, right? Where yeah. they don't need meat every day. And then it was, mm, maybe I don't need meat more than once a week or twice a week. And then it's gradually getting, because my friends are obviously getting more and more um, enlightened and speaking their truths about mm -hmm. this stuff, right? Um, I'm really glad I didn't watch that documentary before you came in, before talking to you, like I did with my friend who was a Sea Shepherd. Which documentary? Uh, the, I, the one I watched... Um, for, before she came on was about the sea shepherds so it was about the seal hunts and oh, all that yeah. kind of stuff and the whale hunts and shit like that and so i watched that documentary was it the night before or something like that and so when she came in i was fucking hysterical i'm like you know you just we just need to fucking stop this yeah <laughs> right and so anyway i'm glad i didn't watch that because i just be, i wouldn't have shown up <laughs> <laughs> i would have been like no i'm not going <laughs> yeah i mean like there's lots of good you know cowspiracy is on netflix you can mm -hmm. watch dominion on youtube um it's got jacqueline phoenix in it 
He narrates in Kat Von D. And it takes I saw a picture of him kissing a cow or something like that. He just, I don't know if it was out at Premiere or somewhere in L.A., but he mm-hmm. and he had actually bought in a whole bunch of a few of those water tanks, and he went out and he was giving those pigs water before they go into the slaughterhouse. Yeah. Because that's the thing is, like, animals um, are forced to be on those transport trucks without food or water for, like, 36 hours in all kinds of weather conditions, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Alberta it's cold in the winter and they're just they're forced to do that um we did um there was a 60-hour fast not too long ago Mm -hmm. that some of my friends participated in they camped outside of the cifa what's that the canadian food no the canadian food inspection cfia um and they stayed out there for 60 hours. They camped outside. You know, it was minus 16 the mm-hmm. one night. The sprinklers went off on them. Their clothes got frozen. I drove over there and brought them to my house and threw them in the dryer. <laughs> and for the last, like, so 60-hour hunger strike. And for the last 36 hours, they didn't drink any water. And oh, that was wow. just to show, you know, what these animals go through. Like, what we mm-hmm. force them to go through. Jeez. I just, you know what? Like, you know you grow up and you don't know because you're not told anything right like you're not told that this is what they do because for reasons right because yeah. if they told everybody we wouldn't eat like yeah, we would exactly. just be like, fuck that but it is about time that we do tell it that people do know right like that and, and if if you make a decision to eat meat that's fine afterwards that's fine um but at the same time at least it's an educated decision Mm-hmm. Right. And the truth is, most people don't want to know because then they have to make an educated decision. Exactly. And if they make that decision, they feel like I feel right now. Yeah. Right. Like, well, yeah. they do because I know I have a choice. I yeah. know I do. And the fact that I, I'm not making it is, well, it just is. Yeah. It's a part of the all kinds of shit that goes on inside a human's head. Right. When as they get older and realize that some of the stuff they've been doing their whole life is absolutely um, counterintuitive to the health of their environment, right? Yeah. Like, and by environment, I mean people and animals, of course. Well, that's what we want. We want you guys to have transparency, mm-hmm. you know, see where your food comes from. Yeah. Even if um, some footage is going to be released on October 23rd um, from a investigation that some people have done mm-hmm. at a, an Alberta pig farm, and this is literally where your bacon comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, I did post, like, a short video on Facebook, the full video is coming out on the 23rd, you know, and just another... When you post that, can you tag me? Yeah, you betcha. <clears throat> so I can share it. Yeah. Okay, but talk, please tell, me, tell us more about it. Just exposing the conditions that, mm-hmm. you know, the pigs are forced to live in, you know, like, again, they're forcibly impregnated. Um, God, that just on its own sounds awful. Well, it's rape yeah, is what it is. Yeah, I just... I... It's disgusting, you know, um, and then they're forced to live in those like little metal crates with their babies like they don't have room to move around mm-hmm. nothing you know sometimes like they're squishing their own babies mm-hmm. um you know like if the if the pigs aren't valuable i mean it is standard practice and it's in like the regulations you know where it says to like pick the baby piglet up and slam its head into the ground like that is standard practice I'm scared for the people that work in a place like that because if you can treat animals like that, like you're capable of almost anything. I this mean, is still standard practice. Oh yeah, is to take a baby pig by its hind quarters and slam its head into the fucking ground. Yes. Okay, I, 
Yeah. Like, yeah. The fuck is wrong with us, man? Exactly. Like, seriously, what the fuck is wrong with us? Like, why do we go kick baby seals in the fucking head? Why do we do this shit, dude? Yeah. That's it's not, not necessary. That's not necessary. That's not food, man. That's not. No. It's violence. And that's one of the things that we always say. It's not food. It's violence. It's like our, our inner, our human violent tendencies. If we're not taking them out on each other, we've got to take it out on somebody. Because, I, I mean, obviously, we got to kill something. Fuck, man. It's crazy, <laughs> hey? It's fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It hurts my fucking heart. Like it hurts my heart, and I—I I mean, it hurts my heart obviously partly because I participate in it, and I mean, and I'm not talking about um, again. Like, I know some hunters that actually care about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, they actually care about the animal, and and I believe it when they talk about it because you can tell. Yeah. You can tell they're not. That's how they get their meat. They don't get their meat from the grocery store. They don't. They hunt every year, and they—they—that's what they eat, right? And man, I just what they're what they talk about is so counterintuitive to what we're talking about here in terms of like you know in in utilizing what resources we have at our disposal in order to live it's not necessary to fucking grab a baby pig by the fucking legs like it's just not necessary yeah so like why are we doing this exactly okay i don't get it i get people like bacon and shit that i get that but it doesn't equal the one doesn't equal the other Right? No, I mean, like, people aren't putting those two and two together that, like, something died so that you could eat it. And it, mm-hmm. and it was, it didn't want to die. And it didn't you know? die well. Like, I've, I haven't been out to, uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's a couple people or people I know have gone to vigils out there for, like, the, the pig slaughtering part. Is that out in? Uh... It's like an old male or something. Okay. Um, maybe Red Deer. I think it might be Red Deer. Red Deer, I yeah. think, yeah. I think um, actually Heather worked there when yeah. she was younger and then she couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, and like I've, I've watched videos of them loading, you know, like these trucks up and like they, they don't even want to leave the truck. Like they can smell the death. They can smell the blood. They, they know. And they're like shocking them with electricity mm-hmm. to get them off the truck. You know, it's yeah. just, and I, for me personally, um, to hear pigs scream, is it's like instant tears for me oh like, fuck even just hearing you say it yeah yeah but they don't want to die fuck we got to do something we got to figure out this cloning shit man so we could just like make fake animals that aren't real that and just make meat do you know what i'm saying like well but i mean like there's lots of like i said plant-based options that taste like meat I because mean, yeah. it's not that i don't like the taste of mm. meat i do but i just don't like the violence that comes yeah. behind it I mean, and I wasn't born a vegan, you know, like I yeah. ate meat growing up and I was probably vegetarian for like four or five years. Mm-hmm. And then I had a girl who moved in with me who was vegan and I'd always thought about it, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to go vegan, but it's, it's intimidating. Where do you start? That's yeah, <laughs> very know? intimidating. Very much so. Um, so she kind of showed me, you know, like the, the cheeses and stuff that she had tried that mm-hmm. was really good and this and that. And I just, I mean, I don't live with her anymore, but I just carried that on. So what spurred you to, to become a vegetarian in the first place, to go to leave the meat behind and move forward? My mentality back then was I wouldn't eat my dog, so I can't eat a cow. Mm, okay, um, fair enough. And, you know, that just kind of started with, again, watching, seeing videos. You know, like I started watching, uh, I watched The Cove, which is a documentary mm-hmm. about, like, the dolphin slaughter that they do. And yeah. 
just kind of educating myself with a few of those. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? You know, yeah. I, so I stopped eating meat and that was really easy, continued to eat dairy. And then the more I educated myself in the dairy industry, mm-hmm. that's when I had to shut that down. Okay, so the transition then went from no meat to having dairy Mm -hmm. and then you started to learn about the dairy cows and what happens there well chicken like the egg like i was a big egg eater loved eggs but it's pretty gross like what an egg actually is i don't want to hear this no (laughs) tell me i don't want to hear it but i i need to hear it well it's like eating like an abortion pretty much you know Mm -hmm. like that's not a it has I had a, a feeling that's where you were going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And male chicks are considered useless. I mean, they literally put them on a conveyor belt into a big grinder. And that, like, they are born to be ground up. That's their life. Ground up into what? Chicken nuggets, dog food, all that. <sighs> well, luckily, I haven't eaten chicken nuggets in fucking years. Yeah. Like, I, I haven't been to McDonald's in a long time. I just seen something on the internet the other day. This, I think it was in the States and this lady had bit into her chicken nugget and there was like a little tiny claw of a baby chicken in there i mean i don't know if it was actually true but i was just like oh god that will make you go vegan i don't know what will oh my goodness yeah i seen it on twitter so who knows i mean it could be fake seriously i god man (laughs) (laughs) this is awful it is and it it can be like super overwhelming i mean i definitely Mm. have to take social media breaks i'm and I'm constantly in mourning, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm mourning the, the deaths of millions of animals daily. Well, no wonder your handle is Miss Death. Miss Be- Death becomes her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, because yeah. death has literally become you. Yeah, it totally has. Like, it's been a, a part of, it beca- it's become a part of your makeup. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, man. <laughs> And, and I still haven't drank. So. Yeah, so like obviously that that shows like a steadfastness though in your mentality to not drink it, mm-hmm. right? It has, and as you said, when was like how often do you go to meetings if, if at all? I don't know. So. I haven't been to a meeting since I took my cake last year. Okay, perfect. And prior to that, I hadn't been to a meeting for two years since mm-hmm. I had taken my cake, which, I mean, and then I get the. You know, like if I do decide to take my cake this year, I always get the, oh, hey, you know, we only see you around your birthday kind of comments, which is, again, I mean, in the beginning, that really kind of bothered me. But mm-hmm. now it's like, this is my story. Yep. This is how it works for me. And there's and there's many, many people who will in, will learn from that mm-hmm. and accept the fact that, oh, that's kind of my story, too. Right. Yeah. Like my uncle Tony, I think he's got like 28 years Mm -hmm. sobriety and same thing. I mean, he did the 90 meetings in the 90 days at the beginning. You know, he still has a couple friends that he talks to. But I went to a meeting with him when we took my dad to Ontario. He was still alive um, and I was feeling squirrely. And so me and my Mm -hmm. uncle and he hadn't been to a meeting, I don't know, maybe like 10 years until we went to that one together. But. Well, there, it's always there for you, mm-hmm. like if you need it, right? Exactly. Like, and I, I think the idea is to build a life that you don't need to go to a meeting every day, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're not building a life that's sustainable and you still need the same amount that you needed in the beginning, then then things might not be okay. Yeah. Right? You need to do a little bit more work. Then you can always come back. Yeah, but, exactly. I mean, that's okay, right? Yeah, I mean, and then like watching, you know, in the seven years, the people that have passed away, mm-hmm. you know, from relapsing, like that's, that's hard, you know, yeah. and that's scary. I mean, my friend, that happened to my friend Jordan. I would kind of consider it like my, my first funeral because um, mm-hmm. they weren't doing anything for him here. 
and they found him at a bus stop. He had overdosed on fentanyl and he was hardly breathing. And his mom wasn't doing anything here in Calgary. She was just going to have him cremated and mm. sent off to Montreal. So I organized a little thing at a local mm. pub and got some pictures and got some people to come down because yeah. he just he shouldn't have shouldn't be forgotten. Yeah. You know, and that's not his legacy was to be the guy found at a bus stop. You know, mm. like he. I'm glad that I got to honor him. Yeah. In that way. Yeah, I'm glad you did too. Yeah. Because that's important. Because I mean that. See, there's lots of people like in, in sobriety that feel like they're we're constantly mourning as well, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of like, how much mourning can a fucking person do? Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, and and same with you, right? Like it's how much can a person do? Like mm -hmm. there's there's got to be a break at some point from the grief, yeah. right? Otherwise, it just it overwhelms us. Yeah, it just consumes you. Yeah. Yeah. But good on you for figuring out a way to yeah. be steadfast about not drinking, right? And to just go with it. Yeah. You know, because that's anyone who, um, I'm just not a big fan of any programs that require people to remain robots for the rest of their lives yeah. in order to indulge the program. Like, I just don't buy it. I, I think that uh, AA saved my life mm -hmm. and still does. So, but I don't go every day. I don't, I just, I know there's a lot to life. Right? Yeah. Much like yourself. There's yeah. way more to life than just sitting in a, in a room every day. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, just still, I mean, a lot of sick people in the rooms. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it kind of got to a point with me where I would leave a meeting feeling worse than when I walked in. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't good. Yeah. You know, I wasn't doing myself any good mm -hmm. participating in that. But, yeah, I mean, it saved my life. I'm super grateful for it. I mean, I think a lot of people could take some of the teachings from there and apply it to everyday life. I mean, and that's what I try and do. Yeah. You know? That's what we're supposed to try do. Try not be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Say sorry <laughs> when I am. You know, little yeah. things like that. Yeah. So. Well, cool. Good on you. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to tell us about? No, I think I kind of told you guys lots, hey? <laughs> yeah, like, I think we're both like, fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> why did we invite her to come <laughs> well, no this is exactly why i invited you to come because i i want to be challenged like everybody else right yeah. like i don't i don't want to assume that i know because i realize i don't yeah right like i realize 100 percent of the time i don't know fuck all yeah me either really yeah like we, we're just all basing it on what we what what information we've had available to us yeah. right so bringing in more information whether it's hard or not is important yeah. i think it's essential yeah, right? absolutely. In order for us to grow. So it was kind of like the, like, honestly, there's so many similarities about how I feel now and how I felt with the sea, with Christine's episode and the Sea Shepherds. It was like that anger that just runs through my blood about mm -hmm. it is like, okay, now what? <laughs> yeah. Because for me, I know a couple things. I got to do sustainable changes, right? If I don't do them sustainable, I'll forget about it and yeah. move back to normal, whatever default is, right? And default is but it's gotten to the point where just just i guess out of sheer curiosity right that it's gotten to the point where i actually ask for no meat nights like and i i don't want it i don't um i don't crave it near as much as i used to think mm -hmm. i craved it right like where i can go days without it and it's fine like yeah. i'm fine right because i take vitamins and try to balance out the nutrients that i need to get but um yeah, good on you for being a vegan yeah. and for being strong. Yeah, right with it and and standing. I mean, behind. honestly, like I've, I feel better than I've ever felt in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, like I feel like I have more energy. Um, 
I lost a whole bunch of weight when I started to become a vegan, not because I was doing it for that reason, mm-hmm. just like eating healthier. Yeah. You know, I mean, it is, it's a way of life mm-hmm. and I love it. And I'm so grateful for the people that I've met through, you know, the activism. I mean, yeah. we have such a tight knit, you know, between us and bouncing ideas off of each other. So mm-hmm. it's really nice. It almost kind of reminded me of AA in the beginning, yeah. you know, just having like the same people that speak your language mm-hmm. and everybody's got your back and stuff. So it is, yeah. it's really cool. That's really cool. And fellowship comes in all kinds of forms, yeah. man. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm really grateful that you're doing what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, and that your group is doing what they're doing. Thank you. You're welcome. And, <laughs> and you know what? I saw the picture with the turkeys, and I just thought, man, that's so awesome. Like, that's so awesome. I wish I hadn't had any Thanksgiving food. Yeah. Like, that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, that's a cute little bird. What the fuck is wrong with you, Dave? Well, and they're so <laughs> curious, you know. And, I mean, I had to have that conversation with my mom for Christmas this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, like, look, I'm... I can't sit at a table with a dead friend in the middle of it, you know, like, so if that's what you guys are going to do for dinner this year, like, I'm, I, I can't participate in mm-hmm. it. You know, I'm not trying to be a pain in the ass, but yeah, I just, I don't want to sit at a table with a turkey when I've had one in my lap who was yeah. getting pets and fell asleep on me, right? Oh, so Yeah, that's like putting your dog in the microwave exactly. or something like that. Yeah. You know? God. Well, thank you. Thanks again for yeah, coming. Yeah, thank Crystal. you for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> it's a it's a pleasure. And honestly, man, I don't know. I just I love being put to task on my thinking and my behavior. So yeah. there you go. Maybe I converted you guys. Come to the dark side. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't think it's a dark side, and I'm not gonna. I'm, I I don't want to pretend like I'm all of a sudden converted because I don't want people to think that. No, but I mean, it gets you thinking. Oh yeah. Right. Without question. Because you know what? Like, just like the sea shepherds, now all I can see are these little fucking cows' faces, these little baby cows, and the little baby pigs, and the little baby turkeys, and the chickens, and and I can now I'm going to have the grinder with the checks yeah. in my head, right? So whatever is beneficial from that, <laughs> which there's obviously the benefits would be to simply stop all of this, all of the meat, but obviously, like I said, well, I, change doesn't happen overnight, yeah. right? But it's definitely started. Yeah. Yeah. So you, well, and I think the world is moving in that direction. You know, mm-hmm. like if we don't do something like the climate, you know, like the, what is it? Not the climate strike, but like just like the the world mm-hmm. and, you know, like the icebergs are melting and all of that. Like we need mm-hmm. to do something in order to save this world. Yeah. From and, something that we caused. And even the people that think it's not humans' fault, which fair enough, like we, we're on a planet that's alive and it's been changing for millions of years, right? Like, so obviously it's going to continue to change. Yeah. With or without us. Exactly. So how are we going to help it change? Exactly. That's the way I look at it. It's like we can either help it change or we can fuck it up while it's changing. <laughs> well, and people who have that mentality of like, oh, well, I won't be here anyway. Like, it's just a shitty attitude. Like, what about your kids and your kids' kids? Like, yeah. Do you want them to have a world to live on? That's the fucking worst attitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That answer to me is like non-valid. No. Like, it's just not. Pull your head out of your ass. <laughs> That's right. Come on. Let your head fall out of your ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Crystal. Well, thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure. Awesome. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Please stay tuned every Wednesday as we air another episode. Thank you for your time. And please, if you're in trouble, reach out. If you need to contact us at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or you can look for us on Facebook under Freedom's Path Recovery Society. 
Thank you again for tuning in. Please stay tuned for upcoming groups, activities, and podcasts.